The name's Bond. James Bond. What do you think you're doing? Keeping the British hand up, sir. Grow up, 007. <laughs> this never happened to the other fellow. I'm the man. Every penny of it. So you put your money where your mouth is. Well, that's quite a nice little nothing you're almost wearing. I approve. I'll do anything for a woman with a knife. Shocking, positively shocking. You get your clothes on, I'll buy you a nice train. <laughs> it is 007, a James Bond podcast coming to you for yet another bloody No Time to Die episode. Oh, God, are we not sick of this movie yet? Oh, just come on. Seen it so many times now. Move on to Bond 26. I want my LaShawna Lynch's Bond movie. Come on, bring it on, bring it on, bring it on. We are here to talk about No Time To Die. Sort of. It's a Rankings Redux episode where we are going to go over each of our rankings lists we have done in the past, well, the majority of them, and add in the new ones that we've just seen in No Time To Die. It's exciting, it's fun, it's entertaining, and I can't get into trouble on this one, I feel, because we're not going through things like we usually do, and I think I'm smart this week, so we'll soon find out how we go. My name is Ben, and I forget things when I get nervous. This is the biggest job I've ever had. And my name is Colin, and I can't wait to rank the doo-doos. <laughs> and my name is Noah Time to Die. Oh, original. <laughs> that was a really bad laugh, Ben. Um, so... <laughs> This is um, an episode that I apparently stole the idea from Colin because I didn't realise Colin had suggested this a while ago. So the other day when I thought I came up with a brilliant idea, I'm like, hey, we should do a Redux episode. <laughs> we included it. And I was like, Ben, Colin already suggested that uh, several months ago. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but obviously we've done a whole... Time you've done that. Exactly. I like to do it a lot. We have done a whole bunch of rankings episodes in the past. I think we're up to about 10 or so that we've done. And rather than literally sit through every single one of them and give an opportunity for me to rank Die Another Day higher on all those lists, we are just simply going to go through each of the lists that we've done that we can add an additional character to. Or, in the case of two of these lists, move them around based on a a different appearance. So, for example, Bond Girls, Madeline. She's three. Three. Uh, Oh, of course. I keep forgetting about Blofeld. So... It's kind of, we're thinking, again, you're, you're looking at the runtime of this episode going, haha, you're funny, but we're thinking this would just be a quick fire episode where we can just be like, cool, this, 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 this. And I will clarify that there's a couple of ones that we're not doing. So the films list, obviously we've never really just done a whole episode on the films. We sort of did a redux before No Time to Die. We're still waiting on one of these people in this episode to watch the rest of them. But when we do our No Time to Die recap in a month or so, we will probably have our final updated list there. Obviously, Bonds, we're not updating that uh, because I don't think either of us, any of us would change it. Uh, maybe I would, but that's got nothing to do with No Time to Die. Uh, and the other one is Allies that we're not doing because we had a bit of a debate. We'll talk about this when it comes to the MI6 crew versus the Allies. Uh, and also Fleming novels because uh, sadly no Fleming novels were improved by watching this film. So um, maybe, I don't know, but I'm excited to do this one because I I, I feel like I'm not going to get into trouble much. Maybe, maybe one. <laughs> Famous last words. I'm not going to get into trouble much. Ben Waterworth. <laughs> it's a T-shirt. So 
Yeah. I don't know if Colin, if you know any, I don't know. We usually go around. I don't usually tell you to talk, but if you've got anything else to add before we get into this. All right, well, since you, you insist that I talk, Ben. Talk, uh, Colin. <laughs> uh, it, this is exciting because it's weird. The first time I watched this movie, coming out of it, uh, after we finish our recording, I'm immediately thinking, all right, so where would I move Madeline? Okay, so where would you know Cyclops be and uh, where would Tanner be now? So Tanner. that's sort of always on my mind. And even when I do a rewatch of the Bond movies, I'm always thinking, oh, I probably should have put this secondary Bond girl here and uh, this henchman deserved to be here instead. So uh, we're just going to start a new category here on revising whatever we've done before because our opinions are apparently always changing. Yeah, I mean, uh, it is still early. We're all we're still on the no time to die train. Like Ben already saw it for the first time like two days ago. Um, so it's still early, and that can change a lot. Um, but it, I don't know if you you guys felt this, but when I went back over all these lists, I'm like, did we put that person there? Like, what yeah. the? Uh, so we're we're only adding no time to die people. We're not changing our old list, but I mean. Maybe in like t- for the 10 year anniversary of 007, we need to just redo all the. Because li- I'm thinking, like, what? The- that person was here. That person was there. What was going on? Uh, so it was pretty easy to slide these characters in. But then I was also thinking, well, they're better than this person because that person should never have been that high or low or whatever. <laughs> Uh, so it was interesting to go back and look at these lists again. But it's fun I- that we can slide these in. I completely agree, and I think that uh, that's a great idea. Maybe our ten-year happy five-year anniversary, everybody. Six-year anniversary, so we're actually only four years away from our ten-year anniversary. Go us! Um, it's, I'll be it's dead. yeah. <laughs> and the one the one thing that I'm really hoping to do, which will be a fun, I, I think it'll be more of a reveal episode because I'll have to work out the averages. But once we sort of get to the end of, the, and we've kind of got now a, a list of the lists that we've got left to do. So I think kind of once we get to that. We're not just going to be the ranking the colours of the trees of James Bond, um, maybe. Although, actually, one that I thought of, just randomly saying this to you on air, both of you, we could rank the villain deaths. That's kind of a mm. cool one. That's one we haven't thought of before. I don't anyway. think we'll ever run out of rankings. We'll always come up yeah. with new ones. But the, 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 the idea that I would like to have, and I think we've talked about it before, is ultimately we have our average list of the films, right? But, like, I would love to compile every ranking and like work out where every movie features on each of the lists and then kind of have our overall, like these are 30 rankings episodes. So the spy who loved me ultimately is the average number one because it's got the height. You know what I mean? So like kind of just work out that on it. Cause like that is a weird way of doing an overall rankings sort of thing for films. But I think that'd be kind of a cool project because mm-hmm. maybe like a job for Ben Waterworth. It is. Thinking, you're doing the math on that, right? I have no life, so it's all good. I can I can do that. But, yeah, Noah pointed out a very good point there. To clarify, we're not shuffling anything else. It's only literally inserting a No Time to Die person or, or person song, I guess, pre-title sequence into that list. And the only time we can move something or somebody is in the case of those three lists, uh, villains, the MI6 crew, and the Bond girl, and I will say right now, some of those lists, I've just kept the same thing at the same number. I haven't moved them up or down. So, And I haven't Me moved too. anyone down either. So it's not like, oh, Madeline Swanchi sucked. I'm moving it down four spots. So um, oh. going through that one. So I'm going to do these in order of when we did them. So that means the first one we're going to do is songs. 
That was the first one after. Well, we're starting off with a banger, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> That's after. And also, we'll clarify that uh, one of the, the sort of the major ones we haven't really done in terms of uh, secondary allies and Felixes, we debated maybe doing uh, Felix first. We thought, no, we'll do this. And then Felixes will be our next episode, which, of course, comes into play. That From yeah, that point on, we can include everything going out. forward. We can just have no yeah. time to die. So exactly. we get them done now. And then. Exactamundo. So. Song. All right. I'll start because that's, I think, how it works. Uh, actually, before we do this, let's get in the mood. Just let's play a good song right now. Okay. Um, also, just want to point out, I officially have the actual tally now of how many times we've played that song on uh, 007. So I can... Uh, we don't need to know. I'm no. going to tell you. I don't know what episode we're going to reveal it on, but I'll, I'll, I'll get there. Um, so, No Time to Die, the song. Uh, look, I it improved for me watching the film. Um, I think the lyrics, as I said in our spoiler episode, work a lot better when you watch it. Title credits, I don't, it kind of improves it, but again, the title credits we said are kind of like, eh, they're okay. The use of the score in the film is great. It's sort of, it's one of the ones we've had recently that works really well. But as is going to be the case with most of these lists, I just, I, I work my way from the bottom up. So I'm literally like, it's better than that. It's better than that. It's better than that. It's better than that. And I kind of get to a point where I'm like, eh, 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 eh. And I have put it at 16th. So I have put it just above for your eyes only. And you two will be happy just below GoldenEye. So I didn't put it above GoldenEye. Oh, so I have no time to die at 16th. No, I'm not happy about that. <laughs> how do you have, I'm sure we've had this conversation multiple times, but how did you have GoldenEye that low? Oh. Uh, we're not getting into this. I just listened to that episode of like a month or so ago. You can hear it. It's going to be on one of the best of you bagging me out. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, for me, this is actually one of the easier ones to rank because if we go back to the spoiler-free episode that Noah and I did, I think my comment about it was, you know, it's it's not necessarily a bad song. It's just a song that goes nowhere, and it really reminded me of Moonraker in that way. That Moonraker, there's there's a basis there for a decent song. You know, the the the, the bones are there, but it never quite comes together. Uh, if I'm going to choose between Moonraker and No Time to Die, I'm probably going to choose Moonraker just because I think Shirley Bassey's vocals are better. But both of the songs are pretty much the same to me. So I'm putting No Time to Die at 20 overall, oh, wow. which is going to be just below Moonraker and just above License to Kill. All right. Ooh la la. Ooh la la. My big debate was, should it be uh, 24th, 23rd, or 22nd? Uh <laughs> So that was what I was, my internal struggle. Um, so I, I really had to battle it out in my head. The battle of the bonds uh, between the writings on the wall, die another day and uh, no time to die. Uh, like kept weighing back and forth. Is it better than die another day? Cause that's a terrible song. Um, completely disagree. The title sequence uh, to me, this is one of the few ones that, it's so mismatched. It doesn't fit at all with the title sequence. Uh, writings on the wall. I can at least, we joked about sunshine lolly, but I can at least see a bit how it works and how they actually match what's happening on screen with what's happening in the song in terms of the buildups and whatnot. Well, this one, they've, I feel like they did the title sequence first and just put any song on there. Um, so the only reason that it's becoming 
22 for me above dying of the day and the the only reason it's becoming 22 over those other ones is because it worked in the score in the score i thought it was really good but i i really do not like this song uh it really and it also doesn't have falsetto that's good uh, but it really needed that big chorus and it didn't, it didn't deliver. Uh, it, it's a crap song, but it's better than Die Another Day writing on the wall. All right. Uh, you one thing I, I do want to say. No, 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 is that it has made writings on the wall so much worse. <laughs> so uh, I don't know, writings on the wall would probably move later on, but I used to hear writings on the wall be like, ah, you know, I guess it's sort of, this part's decent. Now I listen to writings on the wall. I'm like, wow, no time to die blows this away. Now, I just want to ask you both, because I can now see where this comes overall. Uh, do we want to read them as we go along or do we want to reveal all of the lists for the end? What would you rather? Let's do it as we go along. Okay, okay, so with all that in mind, diddly diddly, computers, this now sits it at 21st uh, overall. So only Moonraker, the writings on the wall, and all-time high are below it. So that's... For the record, I put it below all-time high, and I'm standing by that. You're an idiot. Okay, so songs out of the way. Let's move into villains. Now, this is going to be fun for you two, given how you well, really spoke We're starting with the big ones, aren't we? Well, you spoke, uh, I think, I, I, in, I listened to the spoiler-free and also your reaction episodes, and I think, uh, Noah, you said something about possibly being bottom five, bottom three villain for Saffir. Now, how do you say his first name? Lu- Lucifer? Is it just? I think it pronounces Lucifer. Yeah, Lucifer. I was watching some reaction video, like a Watch Mojo video, and they kept calling him like Sar. Like they called him something completely. I'm like, you, you don't even know this guy's name. Like it's- on that on that note, can we point out? I don't know if you guys picked up on that, but Daniel Craig literally calls him Blowfield in one one bit. Oh, didn't know that. Yeah, he says Blowfield while he's talking to Blowfield. Well, we'll be. Picking that up on the recap. Okay, so um, again, simple case of working from the bottom to the top. And I'm going to say this right now. You two both asked me the question the other day, who's better, no. Gustav Graves or Safin? And I couldn't answer it. And I literally went through my list and I got to Gustav Graves and that's where I stopped. And I'm like, oh, what do I do here? Because I looked at who's above Gustav Graves. I'm like, no, he's not better than any of those. Um, and I'll just say this again, what I said on the spoiler one, like his plan is just convoluted. I don't get it. I still don't understand why he wants to kill the world. It's just random and it's not explained. He's, uh, he's maybe not like what I was expecting him to be, but at the same time, as I said, there's just something about his delivery that comes across as like, he's just so creepy. He's that creepy, weird guy that no one wants to do. And that's why to me, I do. And, like, that's to me why, like, you both said he has no chemistry. And, like, to me, I almost feel like that's kind of meant to be that way. Because, again, this guy is just, you don't want to associate with him. So he's going to be weird and awkward around everyone he meets. So with all that in mind, it was between him and Graves. And then I actually looked at who was around Graves, and that was Renard. And I'm like, oh, but Renard, Graves, Renard. He's below Graves and Renard. I've got him at 14th. Ooh. Okay, that's not as bad as it could have been, I guess. Uh, I couldn't put him any higher than, like, I kept looking who I had above, and I'm like, no. I mean, the I, thing with the Graves, Graves is at least 
fun. Like he's like I get the hate it's dying another day, but if I like and appreciate that film and people in that movie, Graves is just like I can quote Graves and Toby Stevens is having a blast and like he's got chemistry with everyone and it's just fun. So yeah, uh, Saffin's not fun. So there's a t-shirt. Hashtag Saffin's not fun. <laughs> uh, here's what's interesting for me. Um, I mean, I, I I pretty much assumed if I'm gonna not like Saffin, Ben's just gonna say it's because of Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, and yes. as I said on our review episode, I had watched him in the little things. I'm like, wow, I can't wait to see this guy as a villain. He's going to be great. So I can, I can see what Rami Malek can do as that, what Ben describes that he, he thinks he's supposed to be in this movie. He's so weird that just nobody relates to him. He did that in the little things, watch the little things. And he is the guy that Ben's describing. I just love the Ben's description of trying to defend something that sucks is to say, well, I'm sure it was intentional. Like it, when we get to the <laughs> recap of this movie, we're going to be like, you know, nothing about this plot makes sense. Yeah. But I think that they intended for it to not make sense. I'm not saying I don't know. No, hang on. I'm not saying I intended. That I, my point is, I think they in, he's intending to be not they, chemistry uh, with nobody. No, nobody in the history of film is going to say, "I want you to have zero chemistry." That's what I want. Ben, it's ben, the ben, most ben, absurd argument when, ever. When, we, when me and Colin say uh, no chemistry, we don't mean like they're they're buddies with him. We mean on screen. Uh, I, I how know well they play off each other. I know what you mean. It's and like to they're me, talking to. But, if it was intentional, then it, we wouldn't notice it being bad. If but it wasn't I, intentional, I, then... But I don't agree with that because I think you can portray not having chemistry to add to your character. I don't see I how that that's not if, a thing. But if if that was the intention, if what you're saying was the intention, I think what we would have seen in this movie was when Safin is talking to Bond, it's like, you know, or when Bond's talking to Safin, it's like there's no chemistry, but you wouldn't have it the other way. This was literally like watching a movie where two people were delivering their lines to a brick wall and they just edited it together later on. And I don't agree nothing. with that. And, and I, I was, I probably would have ranked him a lot higher on a first viewing, but every time I watch this movie, I just find more and more, I dislike with the performance and more and more problems with the character. And it's funny because when Noah said the other day, you know, Oh, I, I, I probably have him as a bottom five villain. I thought that was too harsh. And I'm like, you know, I, I'm not going to be that bottom five guy. And then I looked at my list and I'm like, he's going to fall literally in my bottom five. Because I have him at 23. So I have him sandwiched in between Christados and Green. He is just at the high end of my bottom five. And I thought when Noah said that, I'm like, no way is he a bottom five villain. But in all honesty, I, that's exactly where I have him. That is, I, 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 I'm calling this now. You, you using your Timothy Dalton argument. Oh, you, you think I don't like him just because of Bohemian Rhapsody? But then you just you come up with every other excuse to so not like why, him. So why Noah has not seen Bohemian Rhapsody, and he probably has him <laughs> in the same spot. Yeah, but I, I would love for Noah to see Bohemian Rhapsody to see what he feels like about it. So you know, <laughs> does he have chemistry with Brian May? Yes. <laughs> He's brilliant. He's brilliant in that movie. I don't care what Colin says. chemistry or unintentional chemistry. That's how he got AIDS. Oh, Colin, 23. How many total are there, Ben? 27. Uh, 27. Ooh. Uh, So then was it above green or below green? Above green. Thankfully. Fair. Because green had Uh, more chemistry. (laughs) I mean, he does. Uh, does he? Green and Elvis had chemistry. Um, 
Don't worry, I'm not going to be one of those Reddit Quantum of Solace hipster defenders. I saw um, that video you mentioned a while ago, by the way, it popped up on my YouTube, defending Quantum of Solace, an essay, or something like that. Uh, so, wow. Um, so, I already said my piece about why I didn't like Safin in our spoiler episode, and I'm not a fan, but then Colin has completely destroyed Safin for me when when he brought up the fact that it felt like Safin recorded all of his scenes uh, on his own on a green screen. I went back today and watched the film or like parts of the film and I cannot unsee that. I think for the rest of my life, I'm never going to be able to unsee the idea that Rami Malik is on some green screen and wasn't actually there during the scenes because uh, that's such a good call. Like he's so just unattached to this film. Um, it's like, who is he? Uh, and like, yeah, that, that's a great call. And his chemistry, I don't get the argument. If it was intentional, then we wouldn't be calling it out as bad. We would be saying, wow, he's this really cold, distant character, but it, it seems more behind the scenes acting than it does uh, in intentional directorial decision. Um, the scene with him and Madeline, you could just cut. It's just there. Even when he's calling Valdo on the phone, it's a bit weird. And then the end, the only thing I'm giving Safin, I l absolutely love at the end where he says, yes, Mathieu, uh, what does he say? Yes, Madeline. Yes, Mathilde. <laughs> Uh, and then we, Ben, it's funny you mentioned villain deaths because I absolutely love Saffin's death. Like, when did we ever get a Bond got villain just being like bang bang? Like, but that's the problem with Saffin, and this is more for our recap episode. Is this film didn't need a villain, but they felt they had to have a villain in it. So he's almost such second fiddle to the plot they wanted was Bond's death. So it's almost just his death is kind of poetic. It's just like, bang, bang, villain's dead. Uh, that he, he means nothing to this film. They, they didn't even want a villain in this film, really. Uh, but I'm going to uh, uh, put Saturn at uh, 21, 21, which puts him uh, above Dominic Green. Um, but below Carl Stromberg and just above Kamal Khan. And also Gustav Graves. You have Gustav Graves. He is below Gustav Graves, yeah. We all agree yes. Graves is better. <laughs> um, yeah, that's saying something. When you uh, just said about uh, kill him, you know, it doesn't mean, I'm just thinking of Goldeneye the writers. Kill him. It means nothing to me. Like, you know, <laughs> get rid of him. Get him out of there. Well, ben Right, so uh, diddly diddly d potatoes. His <laughs> ranking puts him at nineteenth. So who's he sandwiched he, between? He's just above Carl Stromberg and just below Gustav Graves. <laughs> he gets the same spot. Oh, what? <laughs> wait, wait, we all ranked him higher than Graves. How is that possible? Or oh, sorry, we you all ranked rank lower than Graves. Yeah, you did. You ranked, uh, you've got Graves, you've both got Graves at 20. And so how does Graves end up lower than him? He doesn't. Graves is one spot above him. Oh, oh. I thought, okay, so I, I read that differently. Yeah, God, can't you speak know, English. Stromberg is not great, but Stromberg was robbed. He's well, better than oh, I don't agree. That, don't that agree. was one of the things that we also said on our spoiler-free episode, 
was that he's Safin's just sort of a Stromberg, you know? I, I listened to that and I was kind of like, yeah, I kind of see what you're going there with that. All right. Now, this is one that uh, Noah was never on the episode with us on, uh, the one he wasn't with us and sent in his uh, rankings pretty recently. The pre-title sequence, which this is an interesting one. Now, officially the longest pre-title sequence and it's a very mixed bag. Again, I went through the list. I went, no, nope, no, nope, it's better than that, better than that, better than that. And I kept getting higher. I'm going, oh, well, this is interesting. I got to basically the halfway point. I'm going to put this at 11. So just below License to Kill, but just ahead of Thunderball. I think the thing, if, if you weigh it out, that, yeah, it's kind of, it's not like the world is not enough where the kind of the two scenes connect. This, I mean, it technically connects because she wakes up in the water, but I think flashback, like I kind of like Colin's idea, have the flashback when she, he's in the office. If you're going to have the flashback, like, Again, it's a first viewing. The flashback's very effective because, like, I love the way I didn't even mention on that, and maybe it's more in the recap, but I love that, like, French song that's playing on the the speakers and you kind of see him in the background and strolling through the forest. It's creepy. It's sinister. Like, oh, God, what's going on here? But then it's just kind of, by the time you get into this epic chase, and by the way, Colin, it's Italy, all right? I looked it up and uh, no, triple checked. I, yeah, but but this is again my question though. They say she's buried at the Acropolis, so is that but, a plot hole in the movie? No, because the Acropolis you're thinking of is a tourist attraction. An Acropolis in general is a place where people are buried. So that is, I can see your confusion because the Acropolis is a landmark. But yeah, anyway. So I, I wanted to, I wanted to feel I was right. My two dads argue with each other. <laughs> I was right for once. I never said um, you weren't right. I just said, but they said the Acropolis. Um, but like, it's kind of, you get to everything that's happening there and you almost forget that we literally had a, a pre-title, pre-title scene almost. So, but like all the stuff we get in Italy is epic. It's great. Like it's, it's emotional. I mean, I'm literally crying twice in the opening of this movie and the thing, but it's to me it's not top 10 it's just outside the top 10 and that's if you took away the flashback it's easily a top 10 but it's there and that kind of affects it but it also doesn't weigh it down to the point where it's a bottom one for me so 11th uh we're actually gonna be very similar uh in our at least our positioning here for me the biggest conflict i had was do I judge this because those two scenes don't mesh well together or should I judge whatever is the best part of that and say, where would this be? Because there's other pre-title scenes. I mean, let's take live and let die. I actually have live and let die. I think at number eight. Mm. And yet if you were to take just one of those scenes, you could cut one of those scenes out and it's not going to affect things. Um, But in this case, they're so polar opposites with something like live and let die. All these multiple scenes, they're all equal. They're all sort of telling the same story. They're all about the same length. Here we have about five minutes of a flashback. And then we flash forward, what, 30 years or something like that? 25, 30 years. And we have this huge action sequence, which is in line with something like Skyfall. Uh, When I kind of looked at the list and figured, if I were to just do the Italy stuff, the Acropolis (laughs) sequence, if I were to just do that, where would I rank it? And then I figured, okay, well, if I were to just do the flashback, where would I rank it? I thought the flashback part would have been a lot lower, but then I sort of looked to where I had Casino Royale on my list, which is also just a very brief flashback scene. Um, and I'm going to say they're, the flashback scene's done well. If you were to have actually built that into something in the movie, 
I think that would have been a lot more memorable if the mask would have factored in more. If, if the connection between Madeline and Safin had actually meant something in the movie and not just been a throwaway masked man written on a piece of paper, then maybe it would have meant something. Uh, I could see that this would have landed pretty much at the same spot on my list, whether it was split or whether it was included as a whole. So uh, either way, I don't think that it really tops the ones I have higher than it. It doesn't really um, get in knocks against the lower. So I'm putting it right at number 10, which is going to be one spot above Casino Royale only because the action bumps it up and one spot below Moonraker because Moonraker doesn't have the, um, the, the, the disjointed stuff dragging it down. Yeah, uh, I mean, both of you have echoed my opinion that it's just the flashback and then the other thing is just so disjointed. And I'm almost saying, you're saying put it in the office. I'm saying don't have the flashback. I could do without it. Um, I'd be interested to see a re-edit of this film without that scene and whether or not it really affects anything. Uh, if anything, the flashback kind of bring Safin even further down for me because I'm just like, well, why does he have the mask? Why is he immortal? And <laughs> uh, and then why does he kind of leave Madeline? And it, it's just a bit off. Um, so, but maybe this is recency bias because I'm putting it at six. Wow. Um, because I'm ignoring the flashback stuff because sometimes when Bond is great, we ignore some of the stuff that's uh, not great about it because I still love the car jump in the man with the golden gun and I'm going to ignore the whistle. Um, I just, the stuff that we get in Italy <laughs> at the Acropolis is just so good. It's classic Bond. To me, it trumps Skyfall because to me, it's got all the little scenes that I miss from the Roger Moore era. It's got the, the sheep out on the, the lawn and it's got all these the different characters around and the locals and you're missing the guy with the wine from Moonraker and Spy Love Me. He would have been great in there and the pigeon. <laughs> Uh, the stunts are amazing. Uh, Daniel Craig's acting is so good. The ending where he chucks her on the train and we go into the pre uh, into the title was so good. Uh, I could just, to me, this is my favorite Daniel Craig opening, even though I've got Spectre higher cause it's a bit neater. It's just such a joy to watch. I love the scene so much. The action is some of the best bond action ever. Uh, so I'm saying six, maybe, maybe it's recency bias, but I'll still stand by it. I think it's amazing. So it, it's in between Skyfall and Goldfinger for me. Stand by your rank. <laughs> uh, okay. So with that in mind, it comes in at seventh. Uh, so just below Skyfall, funnily you say Skyfall, and just above Moonraker. So there you go. There. Moonraker is better. No. Uh, all right. So with that in mind, Bond Girls, the only one on this list that we actually are not adding anyone new. It is essentially a case of do we want to bump up or bump up down uh, Miss Madeline Swan. Now, I initially oh, had we, a... Did we miss Blofeld for villains then? Do we... Oh, oh fuck, we, we did. did. Oh, God, Jesus. All, all right, right, hang on. Start again. <laughs> well, start I'll, again. I'll just... I'll spoil it. Well, spoil it. I'll give... I didn't. I didn't touch Blofeld. I he was four for me, and I've left him at four. He hasn't gone up or down for me. So simple. Um. So I did touch Blofeld. 
Uh, you we'll dirty perv. Hashtag me too. And I'm pretty sure Blofeld touched me too. <laughs> On his birthday. Thank you. Uh, so happy birthday, Blofeld. I am dropping you one spot. Ah, uh, oh, boo! <laughs> and... Oh, you're putting Carver up, though. That that would bump Carver up, yeah. So, um, and, and this is, I guess, a clever way around our whole... <laughs> we're not touching anybody else, but we are. Uh, but, like, honestly, I think I said it in our last episode, too. Spectre, Blofeld just goes down for me now after watching No Time to Die, and it's partly because he is so good in No Time to Die that I wish we got a little bit more of that in Spectre. But then at the same time, the problem is he just doesn't belong in No Time to Die at all, or if he does, he belongs as a bigger role. So I think the unfortunate thing is that whereas we have characters that make multiple appearances, let's take when we eventually get there in a week or two, Jeffrey Wright, when we rank the Felixes maybe, uh, you know, his multiple appearances really help him. This is an unfortunate circumstance where Blofeld had two two opportunities, and this isn't against Christoph Waltz, but they had two chances to get Blofeld right, and they kind of blew it both times. So, and I still love what Christoph Waltz does with the performance, so it's not going to be that much of a change, but uh, really, No Time to Die does not help Spectre as far as Blofeld goes, and No Time to Die doesn't help No Time to Die as far as Blofeld goes. But, Colin, I don't want you to go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, um, wow. Okay. Sorry. No, yes, your turn. Yes, well, uh, happy birthday, Blofeld. I'm moving you down three spots. Um, oh, <laughs> <kiss> <laughs> uh, this is, as Colin said, a, a cheeky get around, uh, moving our old rankings kind of, because when I looked at, and, at my list and I said, I had Christoph Waltz Blofeld at fifth, that was definitely recency biased, hundred percent. So um, what number are you at now? Sorry. So I'm putting him in eighth now. Okay. So I've got to work um, out math here. So you've got to move him up. So eighth. So Rat Silver's at five. Yeah. Uh, who is a seven? So Cleb is now at six. Yeah. And that means that Donald Pleasance is at seventh. And then Christoph Waltz is eighth. And then Zara Knight's. Yeah. Goldfinger tenth. Okay, all right, gotcha. So hang on, all right. Yeah. So does he? Move? He dropped three spots for me, and it's it's funny because uh, Colin and I almost completely disagree with you, even though we both dropped him. Because to me, I don't like his No Time to Die performance. I think it's it was phoned in, and it it makes me more annoyed than it makes me happy to watch it. I'm just like, well, this was a wasted opportunity. It, it ruins everything that happened before. It makes me think he should have just been the main villain for two films in a row. And also in hindsight, I hate all the brother stuff. It, I know we said we weren't changing the past, but uh, so he's great. But to me, it's, it's kind of Blofeld blue balls. Like I just, the, I want, I want to go all out uh, with Blofeld and it, it feels like I'm being held back. Uh, so I, I get Blofeld blue blue balls and it just makes me more frustrated. But he's still great. I mean, as Christoph Waltz. Um, I didn't really add anything on why I haven't moved him. I, I, I couldn't disagree with either of you more. Um, I, I love Spectre. He's brilliant in Spectre. 
you get enough of him in this movie. I think you guys are completely gelling over the traditional Bond stuff of him just being an evil prick and doing dumb things like, oh, I've got a bionic eye. I'm going to have you at a party. I'm going to blow you up. I'm going to find every single way to try and kill you at the grave. And like, it was me, James. I had the bomb there for you, ready to go. Like classic Bond. Just I'm going to plant a bomb at the grave of somebody that you love to kill you. confused more than anything. But I, I just love that. And I love the birthday party scene with the freaking eye. Like, again, like, try saying that a week ago before you see the movie and you're thinking that you were like, you weirdly love it. And it's like, it's Blofeld's birthday party. Come on. And I love the scene with him. And but I, I, I disagree with you. He's not phoning it in. I love just the way he is. And I love his little cage that he can like, when he's going down his little corridor. And I love his little, like, you know, you know, it was like, thank you, happy birthday, like little moment. And the only thing the only thing that I feel robbed about him in this movie is I think his death is a little weak. Like killing off Blofeld by just kind of looking, oh, he's dead. All right, moving on. Weak. Like that to me is annoying. And I don't like that. Within a, a millisecond. And I like, I think a lot of what you were saying in the episodes about how have Safin as a a henchman to, to hit blow. Yeah, I, could, I think that would improve it and still have Blofeld as a big bad. I, I think, yeah, absolutely. But... I still think he's just so engaging. He's so amazing. I love him, Inspector. I think just kind of compliments it. And he just even goes even crazier in this movie. Um, so yeah, I I, I can't t- I can't put him up because I mean, who's above him? I won't touch, and there's no, no way to drop him. So anyway, uh, long story short, though, he is now dropped to seventh. Um, so he was fourth. And now he's seventh, Ooh. so uh, he's actually equal with Goldfinger, but Goldfinger goes above him because Goldfinger had the highest rank of a three. Uh, Colin ranked Goldfinger at three, and I only ranked Blofeld at four as the highest. So, Electra King, Gainer, she goes up to fourth. Yes. Uh, oh, good for Donald, Pleasance is, Donald Pleasance is now the highest Blofeld. He moves up to fifth. So, there you go. Donald um, Gray is the highest Blofeld. But... Bong Girls. So, yeah, Madeline. Um, I originally had her at 15th, and I remember you two were like, oh, that's low for you, Ben. We thought you'd have her high. Um, it's a tricky one because I think I can't remember if it was which one of you said on the episode the other day about how she's almost like a traditional Bond girl in this film to a point because she's missing for so much from it. But then the other one of you said like, well, we miss having that traditional Bond girl. So I can understand on both levels. Nick Chista made a very interesting point and he said that he just doesn't buy the Madeline Bond. He doesn't feel they have the chemistry. And I don't fully agree with that. And, like, you two are going to laugh at me the way I say this because you know how critical I am of the Vespa-Bond love story, but Bond has so much more chemistry with Vespa, <laughs> even though I don't – that whole other kettle of fish. But, like, yeah, this one's just interesting to me because, like, I like her and I think that Leia do is brilliant in this movie. I've rewatched the death scene a couple of times. It just – underrated by Leia Do, Like, it's all about Craig in that scene, but, like, Leia Do is brilliant. And even that scene, I know you two aren't a fan of Safin and that, but even that just scene with Safin when she looks at the mask and reacts and when she's on the train and even, like, in the car when she's just going about, like, why would they lie to you? Blah, 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 blah. I don't get this whole notion of it being a secret. Why is it a secret that she had a masked guy killing a mother? Why is that a secret? I don't get the secret And thing. she already, she already told, told him that story. Yeah. Um, and I hate, I hate Daddy Bond. I hate this storyline. And that that's one thing that pissed me off what you just said, Noah. Oh, I don't like the brother thing. It's gelled over and forgotten about in the second movie quickly. And this whole thing's about Daddy Bond. Ugh! Anyway, so well, long story that, short. Yeah. Long story short, I've bumped her up, but I got her. I'm like, oh, does she become a top 10? But, but I look at my... 
I look true. I I looked at my top ten, and my tenth is Pam Bouvier. My ninth is Tiffany Case. <sighs> oh, she's I'm better like, than them. I enjoy both of them so much more. So no, eleventh. I've got Madeline at eleventh. Well, I had Madeline 11th before and I have her 11 now, but the funny thing is I have a completely different take on this character now. This isn't a situation like Christoph Waltz Blofeld where my opinion of her has worsened with Spectre. Uh, I feel like it's actually slightly improved. Um, and in No Time to Die, I love what they do with her in No Time to Die because it is, comp- forget about the fact that she's gone from the movie for an hour. It's like she's playing a completely different character. Uh, I, I like that in No Time to Die, there wasn't really a fear with her. And here she's she's afraid that the problem, though, is that there's, it's great for a performance because you get, get to see her do something different. But as far as the plot goes, it just makes no sense why she's afraid again. So uh, No Time to Die, it, the more I watch this movie, the more I feel like everything cancels itself out. There are things with the performances and, and the, the, the action and the story that you just love. And then you think about, well, does this make any sense? You're like, nah, that kind of brings it back down again. So she basically settles in the exact same spot for me, but I will say, uh, I, I, I don't think that I buy the love story with them inspector to the level of Tracy. Uh, I don't get, if we had never had no time to die and this just ended, Oh, she's supposed to be Tracy. This is the one that he ends up with that. I don't buy, but I buy it a lot more in this movie and it's because of what they do with bond in this. And it's less to do with Madeline, what they do with bond, because they bring this all back around to that whole idea about bond, not trusting anybody. And you see how easy it is for him to lose that trust. Uh, it's absurd that Blofeld would just know. Hey, just put you know uh, uh, or drop Madeline's name on a phone call uh, along with the word Spectre. That, that's absurd. But seeing Bond's reaction to this, it fits so perfectly with Bond's character uh, and the scenes that they have. I mean, now it t- it takes two movies to accomplish what they accomplish in one and on a Majesty's Secret Service. But uh, overall, as far as the the rankings go, no change at all. But the completely different character we got is worthy of an eleven spot. Yeah, I've got. I had her at tenth, and I'm keeping her at tenth. Uh, but it it's kind of funny because I also agree with Colin. I'm not keeping her there because she stayed the same. I'm almost keeping her there because she's almost earned her spot rather mm. than lowering her spot. Um, because it, it it's funny because I don't view her as the bottom girl in this film. Like it's. It's, she is the Bond girl, but it just doesn't feel like she feels more like the the Bond wife. Like it, I don't think of this as even having a Bond girl. It's so different to what we've seen, and I don't like different in Bond, but I've gotten used to it. Um, so I feel like like tenth. She can't be higher. I think she can't be a five or a six. But I don't know. I don't know. I completely disagree with Nick Chester. I think the chemistry is off the charts in this film. Mm-hmm. Like, I agree, Colin. I didn't buy it, Inspector. I'm like, eh, Vespa had much more chemistry. But this film, from the opening scenes, it's off the charts. And then in the house, and at the end, I don't know what he's saying. Um, but yeah, like I think she's warranted a, a tenth spot, but she's not warranted as an all-time great. She's she's there. Uh, this film really showed a different perspective, uh, and perspective. Uh, can we? Can I just say, like, I, I rewatched the death scene today. The, the dialogue is so clunky when she said, "Bond, I, I, I just wish we had more time." 
<laughs> if we only had more time. And that's why oh, he should be like, on. we've got no time to die. Like and there is no time. <laughs> there's no time to die. Uh, but yeah, like it, it really works with the daughter. But I, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole because maybe we save this for the recap. But I don't know how you guys feel, but. I kind of loved in the pre-title sequence where she was a Spectre agent. Like that was so Fleming, mm-hmm. uh, like the fact that it happened to him once, but it happened to him again for his final film. I kind of loved that. So I almost feel like Ben doesn't like Daddy Bond. I almost feel like go all out that Madeline's working with Blofeld. Uh, maybe that I agree with that. Who knows? Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Um, and I, I want to say that you mentioned the house scene. And the parallels to Majesties, like it's almost reminiscent of the barn scene, uh, in in a way. Yeah, we were missing um, a barn in this movie. Yeah. Um. So overall, she bumps up from fifteenth to eleventh. Uh. So oh, she's just shit. below Mary Goodnight and just uh, above. Oh, Kara. Although I ranked her ahead of Kara. So what am I talking about? All right. Um. <laughs> so. Uh, henchman time. So Primo oh. slash Cyclops. Um, one of the biggest surprises of this film, because I don't think any of us knew that we were going to have a henchman and just like a traditional henchman. I mean, what went wrong with Mr. Hinks? Mr. Hinks was great. And I, I talked about Mr. Hinks a lot, but they needed with Mr. Hinks to keep a quirk, the whole squeezing of the eyeballs. If that was his thing, that would be awesome. Have that quirk. And we, we haven't had a Bond villain with a quirk. Like, Zhao had diamonds in his face, but it didn't really do anything. Like, it was just, oh, you've got diamonds in his face. Stamper kind of had the whole tool thing and obviously the whole um, the snuff films in the book, but that was never really portrayed on screen. So we haven't really had a henchman oh, with a... had a toupee? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you classify Renard as a henchman, the whole not feeling pain thing, I guess... Um, Z- I mean, Xenia squeezing, killing people with their legs during sex would be the last quirk we had. Um, but like, I just love this idea of this bionic eye. And like, I remember like the thing I loved about him when he first came on screen is when he lifts up his sunglasses and you kind of see it and you're like, Ooh, like what's, what's going on here? This is kind of cool. Uh, and then like, he's interesting because you kind of don't know what side he's on. Is he with Spectre or is he with Saturn? And then kind of he alternates and then. I like the whole situation where he's like, like that bit with um, I was about to call him Vlad, uh, <laughs> but um, <laughs> Valdo when he's like on the phone and he's like, oh, oopsie, I dropped my thing, and he's like, so oh, we'll just kill everyone. Like he's kind of just there, and his death scene is awesome. Uh, I just, I just enjoy him. He's just fun, and it's just one of these many elements of this film which just feels like an old school Bond film. Uh, I've got him at twelfth. So it, it was a real, I've got him one spot ahead of Mr. Hinks and I just, it was between him and Stamper and I'm like, oh, like it's a tricky one. But at the end of the day, Stamper is more enjoyable. Stamper's got more, I don't know. I just like Stamper a bit more. Uh, so 12th for Primo slash Cyclops for me. This is uh, one time where I'm going to uh, completely agree with Ben because I've got him in between the same two characters uh, and for the same reasons. Uh, I think the only thing that, um, that really changed for me because one of the things that Noah and I talked about before Ben had seen this movie was the surprise of this. And uh, I can't remember if you agree with me, Noah, but I said, you know, he's not an all time great henchman, but it's just great that he is a proper henchman. And then every time I've seen this movie, there's more and more I appreciate about him. And there's, there's few cases where I think that happens where there's a character you're like, Oh yeah, they were okay. And then you watch them like, no, actually I really love this character. But the thing I was having trouble separating was, 
is it the gimmick of the bionic eye that I love? So the last time I watched this movie, I tried to ignore the bionic eye. And I just have to say, <laughs> along with Stamper, um, or the guy that plays Stamper, it's this guy's performance that I really love. It, it, for, take the bionic eye out of this movie. This guy's intense. He's creepy. He's, you know, intimidating. Uh, he He's cool. He is very much like a Stamper. He is better than Hinks. Dangerous. He's dangerous. Like uh, Kincaid. Like Kincaid. Uh, by the way, I rewatched Skyfall and I stand by that. This man doesn't even flinch when he kills somebody. <laughs> He's the man who taught James Bond how to shoot. So yeah, there'll be no change in my opinion on on uh, Kincaid. But yeah, I just I really I really appreciate this more and more. If we do a ten year revised version, I wouldn't be surprised if you know primo cyclops could potentially even become a top 10 but as for now i'm gonna put him just below stamper and just above hanks and that, that's to confirm that's 13th for you 13 for me yeah okay uh i've got him a little lower than you two but not much lower uh i'm gonna put him at 15 um it's funny, you you had the internal bionic eye struggle. Uh, my struggle with Primo is uh, do we love Primo or have our expectations just been set so low for the Craig era? And part of me thinks I do like the character. Part of me thinks just my expectations were so low that the fact that we got anything was like, Oh my God, there's a henchman. Haven't seen one of them in 20 years. Um, but looking at this list, the henchman is the best list of all the lists. Like looking at all these names, like this is the strongest list and he doesn't stand up there with all these, you know, Fiona Volpe, Baron, Teehees and yeah. Uh, but it, he is good. Uh, I don't know why they needed two names. Like, just stick with Cyclops or Primo. Like, why did they stick need with to... Cyclops? That's such a great oh, yeah. henchman so name. That's a good henchman name, yeah. Uh, and you'll notice in the credits they say Primo, and then they put in brackets Cyclops. So just pick one of them. Um, but I, I think I still like Hinks better. I think Hinks is still a bit more of that typical henchman for me, but this was such a pleasant surprise. Uh, but it's funny because I disagree with Ben. I think the who is he working for is what puts him a little bit lower than where he possibly could have had. I think they could have made that a bit better. I think that's probably one of the clunkiest things of like, oh, what? Now he's with Saffin, but he was with Spectre, but he was with Spectre, but he didn't die, even though every Spectre member died. Uh, it's a bit of a headache. Uh, it really blew my mind. Uh, so <laughs> I'm putting him just below Professor Dent. I like Dent. And just above Stamper, I put Stamper lower than I thought I did. Um, but yeah, such a pleasant surprise. And I like this guy. So. He actually comes in now 14th, which is actually equal oh, with Mr. Mr. Hinks. is dead equal, but he goes one spot ahead of Mr. Hinks because he got a high ranking at 12 when the highest one that Hinks got was 13th. So um, I guess that's about right. Yeah, sort of both are good. But, yeah. yeah. So and call him Cyclops. He just should be called Cyclops. Like it's, it's like. Demby, I'm going to call you C. Nope, C. Then you'd automatically know him as C. Craig mentions yeah. like one line of Cyclops, so I'm thinking, well, from that point on, he's Cyclops. Yeah, so, they never mentioned Primo in the actual movie. 
Yeah. Um, so anyway, so obviously we don't need to do anything with the Fleming novels. We don't need to do anything with the Allies because, again, the debate was, is Nomi an ally or an MI6 crew? Uh, People Power wins. Noah and I correctly guessed that she's MI6 crew. We'll hear Colin Winch about it soon. Um, so let's get into secondary Bond girls. BB number one. Um, but I, I, another thing I read um, quickly off air was uh, that apparently uh, the role of Paloma was meant to be even less. She was literally meant to be just a contact and just apparently in the original script was just like a, hey, Bond, here's something. K, thanks, bye. And uh, Mr. Fukunagawa basically fought to have uh, Anadamas in it more. Uh, and good good job. And we didn't even mention what we thought about Mr. Fukunagawa. Uh, directorial skills. So I guess we'll say that for the recap. Um, but Paloma, amazing. Probably the best thing in this movie. Just steals the show. She's she's great to look at. She's funny. She's entertaining. She kicks ass without them having to make such a big, oh, look, a woman. Like, you don't even care. She's fun. She's quirky. She She's just so much fun and joy and just absolutely agree with what you said the other day, Noah, and, like, she's just got the perfect amount of screen time. And I love that we get, it like, a conclusion. Like, you think about all these great secondary Bond girls that we've ranked, and at the end of the day, like, do we ever really get a... If they don't die, do we really get a conclusion? I mean, we love Lucia Sciarra, or Colin and I do, but, like, I guess you don't really ever get a conclusion. It feels very open-ended. Felix. True. (laughs) Well, she's a widow now, again, twice. No, 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 luck marrying Monica (laughs) Bellucci. (laughs) Stay away from her, kids. Um, Lucia in Milwaukee just sitting with the kids. (laughs) Little baby Della. Um, But, like, I love this kind of intro and then, like, okay, thanks, bye. Like, do we ever get – I'm looking at these secondary Bond girls. Do we ever get one of these who kind of gets a farewell without being killed? Not really. Baby? Baby? Well, yeah, okay, I guess. How, and how does BB end? She's there. She at the goes mountain. off with um, Cristalis. Columbo. Uh, Columbo, whatever. A different movie, but same thing. Um, but I just same love movie, it. different character. Well, you know what I'm talking about. Um, <laughs> the point is, Paloma's amazing, and I had a comment in our episode that I said she's probably better than Tiffany. Uh, plenty of tool. I have plenty of tool at number one. I've got Paloma at number one. <laughs> Boom. Because this is actually kind of a weak list if you look at everything else on this. But, no, I've got Paloma at number one. I love her. Recency bias, say what you will. But I'm sure Colin's happy that I've got her ranked higher than Plenty O'Toole. But, no, she, to me, is the best secondary Bond girl. I loved her. Loved her so much. And I'm I'm pretty sure that of all of our No Time to Die rankings, she is going to be the highest overall. We'll we'll see, though. we got a couple more of these to go. Um (laughs) <laughs> Noah is really pouring that bottle out there. <laughs> so I can't it. handle Paloma he being thinks, at number one. <laughs> he thinks he's doing it off camera, but you can tell. <laughs> uh, but for me, I mean, he's been training for three weeks. <laughs> for me, I had uh, I had Paris Carver number one. Uh, and my dilemma was, well, Paris Carver, like her storyline is so tragic. There's a lot there. There's not really a storyline for Paloma, but the character is so much there. And, and really when it came down to it, I mean, we all talked about the one disconnect with Paris Carver is that Terry Hatcher's performance is not quite what it could have been. Anna de Armas's performance is better than what this character is written as. And this character is written incredibly like there's so much personality in the script and in the performance so we have a match i've got her at number one too i'm oh, curious if we're gonna have a yay. three-way match a three-way match Ooh. we've never had um, a three-way number one have ever threesome number one come on ben on double seven have we ever had a threesome 
Well, <laughs> I mean, you probably wouldn't remember it because you were drunk, but let's just say yes. We watched porn, but me and Colin didn't consent to that, though. Memories. We we that was non-consensual. Um, <laughs> I porn raped you. I d- yeah. I just want to really make a deep apology to someone because uh, she she worked really hard. Uh, to win that gold medal, just to be, <laughs> oh just to be baby, the shortest, <laughs> the shortest lived number one position in the history of double up seven, and she worked so hard for that gold medal. But Paloma is my number one, which means yeah, BB triple match. Is officially wow, the shortest lived number one character in James double up seven history. Um, yeah, I, I feel bad for BB. I almost want to put Paloma lower just for BB's sake. Uh, it's not so sad that BB made it to number one. She's already not number one. Poor BB. She wants to win the gold. No. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, go out and buy her an ice cream. Um, yeah, echo everything you guys say. And I'm also going to say hottest Bond girl of all time. Um, hands down, I think. Uh I am just, I'm obsessed with Paloma. She's funny. She's charismatic. She's sexy. She does the action. As Ben said, she's a woman without a woman. woman. She's an alcoholic. (laughs) (laughs) She checks all those boxes. (laughs) (laughs) No, I want to date with this woman. Uh, yeah, she really ticks all the boxes because she she hangs out in Cuba with delicatados for Ben. She's an alcoholic for Noah. And she hangs out with older men for Colin. So uh, she ticks all of our boxes. Um, but yeah, it's like I don't get these people saying do the Paloma spinoff. Like less is more. Her screen time was perfect. Like that leaves you wanting more, and that's better than. Uh, the uh, the whole Paloma movie. Um, good job to Fukunaga to put her in for more, yeah. like Roger Moore, because she she has. Okay, I'm gonna throw this out, and maybe I'm drunk, and you guys tell me if I'm drunk or sober. You're drunk. Does she have the best chemistry with Craig out of every female he ever interacted with? Maybe, maybe. It, I don't know. It's it's tough maybe. between him and Vesper, but I actually, you might be onto something there. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, so, like, and the Cuba scene, like, that's one of Craig's best scenes. Like, make Bond twenty six that scene for a whole movie. Like, the tone was perfect. Feel bad for BB, but I, I don't think this is recency bias. You mentioned recency bias, Ben. I think in ten years, Paloma's still there, and. It's kind of crazy that Bond 25 gives her the number one all around the board, but she peop, the people love Paloma. She was universally loved, so she deserves that number one spot. So rip BB. Oh, she wanted to she, win. She didn't get it. So. And Paloma trained three days for this too. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we don't need to work that out. She's number one on the list. So good oh, job, Paloma Faith. All right. Uh, so... Secondary villain, uh, another one that I think surprised us a little bit. Um, yeah. And this is where we, we sort of discuss Valdo, Logan Ash, which is which. Uh, so we've got Valdo as a secondary villain, Logan Ash as a secondary henchman. Um, yeah, again, the secondary villain one, actually, the more I looked over, I'm like, this is kind of a weak list. Um, sort of, you know, it was, this is kind of 
it surprised me how high I've got him. And I think it just came down to the fact that it's like, well, actually, I like him better than all of these people. Um, I've got him at number three. I really just enjoy, like, from the second he's on the screen, I'm like, oh, it's like Boris, but, like, awesome. I'm like, well, Boris is awesome. Like, but um, just I love the whole thing with, like, the soup and then, like, the line on the, yes, I like animals. Um, and then, like, even the whole, like, dropping the USB thing in the floor, even when they're like, which one of you is Valdo? And it's like, oh, me. It's like, you open the thing to get what? The thing. And it's like, you know, oh, I need extra person. Um, and just, like, you guys mentioned about sort of the, the bits when he's just getting abused all the time. It's like, oh, it's like, will you shut him up and, like, bang, like, on the face and just... He's just fun, and I've got him above Miranda Frost because I literally came down to I got up to Miranda Frost, and I'm like, he's so much better than Miranda. Like he's he's so much more engaging and better than Miranda Frost. And plus, I wanted to do that to piss Colin off, so he has to defend Die another day a little bit. But um, <laughs> I've got him. I've only got him below him, Boris and uh, General Oromov. But I love him. He's great, and he fits very well with General Oromov and Boris. I think kind of in the top three. So yeah, uh, yeah Valdo for me, number three. I think the only thing I'm going to say is a knock against him is a similar thing with a lot of this movie is that his plot, his story does not really make sense. There's a lot of holes uh, in what his purpose is, but he is such a fun character. Uh, and where I position him, um, I mean, really, if you look at this list, there's not that many fun characters. There are a lot of, you know, very serious characters. And this is exactly what this movie needed. Uh, we sort of defended it on the uh, the the spoiler review episode we did. Is that uh, my point was? I don't think you could have gone ahead with the rest of the humor you had in this movie if you didn't use him exactly where you did in exactly the same way you did. Uh, I really want somebody to publish the recipe for his tomato soup recipe hmm. uh, because yeah, if yeah, it's the that guy good, that writes the books. He can do it. <laughs> Nicholas is probably working on it right now. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to have him nearly as high as Ben. Uh, and the first thing that you, when you said you're ranking Ben, I immediately looked at your list and said, oh, it better not be higher than Miranda Frost, but he is. Uh, but uh, I'm going to put him above C, which I'm going to say C, C actually holds up better than I thought he would the more I watched Spectre. I think I was very low on C when we originally watched it, but he he, he definitely improves a little bit. But I mean, Valdo's so much better than C is. Uh, not quite as good as Kronstein, though. So I've got him at number eight. Wait, can we? Do oh no, never mind. So yeah, no, you're right. I'm just I was I was weirdly looking at your list and I I didn't know my own math. Go on, no. Can we just point out that Ben has Milton Crest fit? Oh come on, Ben! <laughs> I'm not getting into this. I'm not getting into this again. You two idiots. At least Move uh, on. at least Valdo is higher than Milton Crest. Um. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you guys have said. Like, he's just so much fun. And, I mean, if you guys know me, this is the kind of character I want in a Bond film. This is what's been missing. Uh, and Ben quoted, like, four lines already. I talked about Paloma and the chemistry. I'm going to say, is he going to be the most quotable character of the Craig era? He's the Probably, most fun right? character in the Craig era. Name one funner character right. in the Craig era. Paloma. Well, touche. Yeah. 
But I, I just love him, and I, it makes me so sad that he's been getting hate of all the characters and all the things in the Craig era. Era people are hating Valdo. Like he's so good. And what rewatching it today, I appreciated them even more. Like he's hilarious with the. I'm going to put a bowler in your tea, and uh, <laughs> I just love how awkward he is when he's there with Primo, and he says, "Yes, happy days for Spectre." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so campy and I love it. Like it's what I want in a Bond film. It's it's directly out of a Brosnan film. Um we we talked on our spoilers, like, yeah, it's a bit weird how they just made him like racist at the end just so that we hated him more uh for him to die. But like the fact that he we knew he was in this film, but the, he's in this so much. The fact that he pops up in the the beginning after the titles, then he's there in Cuba. Uh, then he's there at the end and he's like, he's in so much of it and you needed this. And we, we haven't even mentioned the magnet scene where you're like, I can't go down there. Oh, magnets. Oh, great. What is this, safety belt? <laughs> yeah. And when Craig's going to fly the plane, I can't get in, in there. Um, and then when he's watching all the Spectre die, all the Spectre will die. And uh, like, uh, what is it, Paloma, like crushing him with the car as well. Uh, he's just so funny. And this is what we've missed from James Bond. Like, he might be outside of Paloma, my favorite thing about this film. Like, even talking about him now, I'm just wanting to go back and watch his scenes. I, I think he's just so good. Uh, so I'm going to put him at four which Ooh. puts him above miranda frost and puts him just above mr white and i i'm denied fifth or fourth below mr white or above mr white but at the end of the day i'm wanting to watch his scenes more than i'm wanting to watch mr white's maybe mr white has more importance to the overall story but i don't really give a damn about the overall do i look like i give a damn about the overall story so yeah, Valdo is so much fun. Such a surprise for this film. So number four for me for Valdo. Means he comes in at uh, no fourth because he's got one. He's equal with Mr. White, but uh, again, he has a higher spot on the list. So he will. And he come. loves animals. <laughs> he does. I love animals. I um, mean, I love that moment when he meets Paloma. He's like, are you the person? No, no, no. Like, it's really awkward like them in the bar. <laughs> Great. Can we talk so about how weird it was that Hugh Dennis, uh, who's like a, a British stand-up comedy actor, was randomly in this movie? That he, which who's that? I don't know if you guys know Hugh Dennis, but he was there, like the guy working for working with Valdo, like the guy who did the code with him. Oh, he's like right. a, known in sitcoms in the UK and like stand-up, and the, it was so weird well, to see him in this film. He he did now, well in the movie at least. All right. Um, yeah. Secondary henchman, Logan Ash. Again, another random person that I had no clue. I, I, I think I heard that What's-His-Face was in it, but I didn't know who he was. And I liked the twist because I had no clue that he was evil. And I think it kind of it worked well. I just thought he was bumbling beam, kind of just from Quantum. Um, and he was fun. And even when he was evil, he was kind of fun. Like, I just liked that moment when he was, like, in the plane and he's kind of like, oh, I really did like him or I really was a fan of him. Like, it's just kind of like a quirky That's little... Straight evil. out of a Connery movie, that line. Yeah. And, like, I love the um the bit when he's in the bar and he's, like, trying to, like, you know, like, 
hang out with cool Felix and, and Bond, but he's just been kind of, that's me. Like I'm hanging out with the cool guy and then I'm just, they're, they're getting ignored. I love that moment when he's like, basically when Bond's inter- interrogating Valdo and he's like, oh no, we don't need to say this. And Bond's like, tell him Felix to shut up. Shut up. Like just kind of, I love that. And then I just kind of like the way that when Valdo looks at him and he's just like, oh shit, and he's going to like punch. And one of my favorite little bits is when they're like, he's in that fight with Bond and Valdo kicks him the gun and he looks down and he's like, huh! And he like picks up the gun. <laughs> I love that reaction. And his death kind of when he's like, oh, so good. But it all came down to, again, just literally looking at my list going, oh, where can he go? And I got to him and whisper. (laughs) (laughs) What? But I had to keep whisper above because I'm like, it's whisper. Stupidly dumb, but you'll be glad to know that he's two spots ahead of Vargas, Colin. Uh, tenth, I've got him at tenth. Uh, I've got him a little bit higher than that. Uh, and and the funny thing is, I think I actually have a, a more complaint than you do with uh Logan. Everything about him that you mentioned it completely works. Uh, he is ridiculous as a character. I mean, he this is what you want out of a secondary henchman, he is. Infinitely worse than the main henchman. (laughs) Nothing he does is right. But I think the only thing that's really missing from him is we needed just one more scene. Uh, We have the turn, which is such a great surprise. And then technically the next real scene he has is what's going to be his death scene. You get a brief moment where you see a flash of him as Q's unlocking the eyeball. But hi, how you doing, Logan Ash? That's it. If you'd had one more scene for him to kind of explain himself or or even establish him as a because the biggest problem is that he's almost a secondary ally for the majority of his scenes and then they reveal oh he's actually a secondary henchman and then okay he's dead i think we just need a little bit longer for him to actually sit as a secondary henchman in this movie and belong as a secondary henchman but uh, but still i actually i i i have him a couple spots higher than you i've got him at number seven so he's going to be just below Mishka and Grishka and just above Bambi and Thumper. So he's he's in a five-way right now. <laughs> Logan Ash in a five-way. Yeah. Um, is, that, is that the episode title? <laughs> no. <laughs> that's, that's the number one candidate right now. <laughs> I just, when, when Ben said that that's him, uh, him hanging out with the, the guys as the Logan Ash at this picture, me, Colin and Ben at a bar and Ben's there as the Logan Ash while me and Colin are playing with coins. Um, three, two. What was that game? What is I, that I game? That. What is that game? That. How do you I, I, like I'm, not? I've been trying to figure it out every time I watch this movie. It's like, how do you I not know how many coins are in your hand? Pretty, like, Are they trying to guess pretty. the other person? I still don't understand even if that's the case. Yeah. But I want to play. I like drinking games. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that what this is to you, a drinking game? <laughs> That's why I come on to 007 on Saturday night. Uh, three, two. Um, yeah, like the the one thing, I'm loving No Time to Die more and more that we talk about it. I'm glad, Ben, we can finally talk about it. Thank you for seeing the movie. Um, <laughs> Thank you, Australia, for not locking down anymore. Uh, can you imagine? But... Like the more we talk about it, the more I'm loving this film. Like, I don't know how you guys feel, but I'm really liking ah. it. I'm on the No Time to Die tra- train at the moment. I'm big time um, loving it more and more. Roger Moore. Roger Moore. Uh, but the one thing why I love it is Bond has been missing these characters. The 
Valdo, Primo, and Logan Ash, the the trio, the five way, these are like the characters from Bond's past. Like we loved Bond because it was silly and it was quirky and you had these over the top non-realistic characters, I guess. Um I, I I guess I agree with Colin. Maybe you need more, but at the same time, Roger Moore. But like at the same time, like the, there's so much going on in this movie, and there's so many characters that I'm okay with what we got. Um, but can I just say we talked about uh, VJ's smile, uh, Billy Magnuson. Like I, I I'm in I'm currently as we speak in the middle of some dental work, uh, which is going to go for a long time. And at the end of it, I want a Billy Magnuson, Logan Ash smile. That's what I aspire to. Like, he's got a great smile. He smiles too much. Uh, but, like, that man has a damn fine smile, right? Uh, yeah. Ranking uh, the I, smiles I, I, coming in 2022. Yeah. I'm taking, I'm taking Billy Magnuson. <laughs> I want to take him and be like, here's my my government appointed uh, friend to the dentist and be like, give me the Billy Magnuson. Uh, well, it works at a hairdresser, right? Like you can walk in there and give me the Rachel. Like give me the Billy Magnuson. I'll take the Billy Magnuson, please. <laughs> One Billy Magnuson. Uh, yeah, I, that's what I want. Um, but yeah, like I, but this comes down to the Plenty O'Toole debate, or even the Sylvia Trench debate: is do we love Logan Ash or do we love Daniel Craig's lines about Logan Ash, the Book of Mormon, and he smiles too much, and because Craig is so good when it. And what does he say at the beginning? Doesn't doesn't he say like, "Where did you meet the blonde"? <laughs> Like that, that's such a, a Roger Moore, Sean Connery, Pierce Brosnan line. Like, who's the blonde? Um, but yeah, his he, death as well. And I'm with Ben. I'm dumb. I didn't even see the turn. Um, but I'm going to put Logan Ash at. Uh, let's see. Making this up to go along. I see. Stalling. <laughs> I, I need my list. Uh, I put him at. Um, <laughs> he's not stalling. Uh, he's just so distracted by the beautiful I'm smile, the Billy Magnuson smile. Quick, <laughs> uh, Ben, can you add my dentist to this Zoom call? <laughs> look, at Billy Magnuson. look at his smile. Look at his teeth. That look is one great smile. <laughs> what a man! <laughs> and then you see Altery smiling next to him, and we just pale in comparison to the Billy Magnuson <laughs> smile. I've got like half his teeth. So, you know. <laughs> this, this summer, all the kids on TikTok are talking about the Billy Magnuson smile. <laughs> That's the name of the episode. Billy Give Magnuson me that Billy Magnuson smile. smile. There's our title. <laughs> Give me that Billy Magnuson smile, please. Uh, yeah, I, re- I really hope that my dentist, my Korean dentist uh, in Daegu, South Korea, is a double all seven fan. Because if you're listening, <laughs> Give me that Billy Maidenson smile. Uh, that's what the kids are talking about. Uh, so you ranked him people, where? For people listening, ben, the reason we're distracted is Ben put uh, Billy Maidenson on the background of his Zoom and we're all distracted by his great smile, uh, which I feel bad for VJ because like BB, VJ has been knocked out on the smiles now. Um, I'm putting him eighth, so... 
just below Krilenku and just Aww. above, sorry, Ben Davidoff. Oh, no, boo. <laughs> great character, not a great smile. Yeah, that's. I don't think we do. We ever see. We don't see Davidoff smile. Well, he's probably got a hidden smile. He's, <laughs> he's got nothing to smile about. Smile. Not you, Davidoff. <laughs> <laughs> that's his whole movie. It's just looks like you're not allowed to smile. Not you, Davidoff. Was he smiling um, on the poster? He wasn't. No, he wasn't. He's grumpy on the poster because he's Davidoff. <laughs> He's just like, oh, I'm Davidov. I'm not. Meant He's to be also happy. going to his dentist this weekend and saying, "Give me that Billy Magnuson smile. <laughs> Give me that Billy Magnuson smile, please." Who, who, who's got a better smile, uh, Billy Magnuson or Paloma? Oh, uh, Billy Magnuson. <laughs> yeah. True. You know, he's got a pretty darn good one. I, I, I thought we were going to call this something to do with Paloma, but no, we've, we've got our, we've got our title. Um, so Billy Magnuson's smile gets him all the way up into number five. Wow, Logan Ash. Um, law of averages because this was a very spread out list. I mean, I had Davidov at number, so he's beating Davidov now. Davidov was fifth because he had one sixteen and ten. Um, oh, not you, Davidov. So he's just below Bambi and Thumper and just above Davidov. So, oh, oh. All right. So our final list for right now is MI6 crew, uh, our most recent one that we did. So we've got one new addition in Nomi, and then we've ultimately got four that may or may not change. Obviously, M. Ray Fiennes, Tanner, Rory Kinnear, Money Penny, Nomi Harris, and Q Ben Wishaw. Are we gonna, what about Robert Brown? We got to see him in this movie, so I mean, can we? <laughs> <laughs> that, that bumped him up three spots for me. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> uh, definitely for me. Uh, I'll just start off by saying Tanner and Money Penny. Uh, well, okay, they've technically changed because I've moved someone up above them. Um, so, but I didn't move them outside of this. I've actually moved Q Ben Wishaw up to number ten. Um, so he's now. Ahead of Tanner and Money Penny, um, so yeah, I just I really appreciated him. Like he's still not my Q, but I think I can believe him as Q in this era, in this period, in the Daniel Craig era. Um, one thing I was thinking of is if if he's not Q, like maybe make it so like you know you Jack Wade, right? Like should be Felix, but not really Felix. If you call this guy just like Jerry. Um, like, <laughs> I'd probably, I'd, I'd probably rank really? him maybe a little bit higher. I, I don't know. Like, it's just kind of, you know, if he's just a stock center, like, it's just, I think what kind of keeps him a little bit lower for me is just, he, he's meant to be Q and always my Q is going to be Desmond Llewellyn. And I like John Cleese a lot more than I like, uh, Ben Wishaw. But yeah, I, he definitely improved in this movie for me. I like the emotional range. I, I, I really, really like the fact that they confirm that he's gay. I think that's great. I love, like, his cat is fucking ugly, but that scene is hilarious when it's like, they come with hair, you know. Um, and, like, the way he picks it up and he kisses the cat as he puts it down on the table. And, like, even that little scene with him, I don't I don't even know what Money Penny's touching, but he's basically like, don't touch that. Like, <laughs> kind of when he, like, goes off at her. And I love, like, Colin, you mentioned the other day, I love the tea set when he opens a drawer on the plane. Like, oh, no, not that one. Um, and just, Ben Wishaw has this thing of when he's, like, when, when Bond's died, like, the, the quivering of the lip. It's just like, oh, like he just does it in a way where he doesn't have to cry. Like you just see it meaning like, oh, so good. So, yeah, he's moved up for me. Um, so Tanner and Penny dropped down a spot, but they're not moving. I am going to swap and you two are going to be happy with this. 
I'm putting Ray Finder's M up into six, which drops Samantha Bond's money penny down to seventh. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, the character of M is kind of a bit incompetent in this movie. I mean, he's kind of to blame for what happens at the end. Um, but I think, Noah, you said he's kind of plays a good M role in this film, and I like that. We don't have to have him, like, with a gun and shooting. Like, this is the first time we've just got M behind a desk being a M. This is the first time we haven't had Ray Fiennes shooting someone. Uh, so, you know. That's I I like that and I like I kind of like that mystery at the beginning. It's like, oh, what's M up to? Like, no, don't don't look at that money penny and don't do this. Oh no, 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 no! <laughs> don't touch that! <laughs> don't touch that! That's my file. Um, but and like his eulogy at the end too is oh, it's good. So, but I just I I wanted to put him in higher, but I can't put him ahead of John Cleese. I can't put him ahead of Bernard Lee. I can't put him ahead of Lois Maxwell. I can't put him ahead of Judy, and I can't put him ahead of Desmond. So he's lower than John Cleese. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, stun silence. I put him in a Samantha Bond. Shut up. Um, so that then leaves Nomi. Boring jinx. Um, just so disappointing oh, to me. She's not, she's got no, you talk about people having chemistry. She's got no chemistry with anybody. She just, and like, she's in a couple of action scenes, but then like, she just does nothing. Like, even at the end, she's just a boat driver. Like, oh, I'm going to take you out to the thing. No, you did not quarrel down for being a boat driver. That's because he's quarrel and don't bring that up. It's, you can't even compare the two. Um, she's just, she was just, she was so fun in the trailers and so entertaining, but then there was just nothing more. It was like, okay, cool. So I just, I don't like it. Jinx is a thousand times better. I'm right. Uh, you two are wrong. Shut up. Um, to quote, to quote Noah, she looked hotter with the wig on. Um, <laughs> well, I'm bringing it up now to embarrass you. Uh, I have her at 17th. Uh, she's one oh. spot ahead of Molly Warmflash and one spot below Frederick Ray. And to clarify, I have Damien Falco two spots ahead of her. Yes, that's right. Oh, Ben. I'm glad oh, Billy Magnuson smiled after that. <laughs> oh, he's turning uh, into Anakin. Anakin. So uh, I guess I'll kind of do this in order top Doo-doo. to bottom here because there's not going to be any changes for my M uh, Ray fine <laughs> stays at number four. I will say, I hope that he is the one who comes back because if you give Ray fine seven movies like Judy Dench had, I think Ray finds if he delivers what he did this time, he jumps ahead of Judy Dench on my list. Uh, but for now, no. Judy Dench having more appearances and for everything she did do, she's below, but he, he just he perfectly captures everything that Bernard Lee did and then combines it with stuff that Judy Dench did. Um, I, I love Ray Fiennes. What? What? Huh? <laughs> Stuff Judy did. Stuff Judy did. <laughs> the new adult book coming soon. Put, put a wig on her. <laughs> Judy Dench slaps people. Stuff Judy Dench did. Judy Judy Dench doing things. <laughs> Judy Dench doing cats. <laughs> Pass me that teapot. <laughs> I just want her with Q's hat. Put a wig on it. I'd be that smile, Billy. Where's my bulldog? I haven't done that in a while. Oh. Where's um, Kincaid? Kincaid. <laughs> Which brings me to another no change. My number six, Money Penny, Naomi Harris. Uh, she really didn't improve in this movie at all, but I will say even more so after watching this movie, Ben, she is the hot money penny. No, uh, she is not. What number did you say she's at? Six. So she stays okay. at six. All right. You know, um, I was looking at the wrong list. Gotcha. 
now where my shuffles start happening because I had Q at 15 before um, and really wanted them to do something with this character. And I, I don't even care if you do, I'll stand by my argument that, you know, you have to be able to separate Desmond. If Desmond Llewellyn had had six, seven movies, it would be a lot easier to accept Ben Wishaw than it, it is, you know, having Desmond Llewellyn doing 17 movies. But uh, he jumps up huge on my list. I had him at 15 and I'm putting him up at nine now. So he's going to be just below John Cleese, which really is only because John Cleese is John Cleese. Uh, if you delivered the exact same performance and it was, I don't know, who's, who's a lesser Monty Python person? Um, Eric, <laughs> Eric Idle. Terry Gilliam or Eric Idle playing this. Uh, <laughs> it's not nearly as high. But yeah, I've got Q at nine because everything that they do with him in this movie is right. And, and for me, the first time ever, I don't care that we're not getting a traditional Q. I don't care that the character is completely different. It's just right for this movie. It's just like we mentioned with Valdo and with uh, Ash and with uh, Paloma. He fits this movie so well. He's funny without being too funny. He's quirky without being too quirky. He's got a hairless cat. <laughs> That's it's perfect for Q. And some you of these things. You can say hairless pussy, Colin. It's all right. <laughs> he's got a hairless pussy. Uh, <laughs> Whoa. Judy Dench Jamie just got it. excited. She's rushing down with your <laughs> breakfast right now. <laughs> what did you say, Colin? <laughs> but I like the little things they do in here that I can. I just think to myself, even though I separate these characters, can I picture Desmond Llewellyn doing this? I can picture Desmond Llewellyn with a tea set. I can picture Desmond Llewellyn fumbling his way through. Oh, Bond. How was retirement? I can picture that. Can you picture I, gay Desmond Llewellyn? I, I was going to say, I can picture gay Desmond Llewellyn. Yeah. Like so many things. It's a completely different interpretation. His delivery is so different from Desmond Llewellyn, but you could write this for Desmond Llewellyn, get a different performance, but have the same character. And that's what works so well. Uh, so for me, this will be easier if I just kind of run through it. Like, so that will technically drop Rory Kinnear Tanner down to 10 now, which I'll keep him in that spot. Um, and then that drops my Michael Kitchen Tanner down to 11, which brings me to my number 12, which is Nomi. Uh, and this is uh, the debate we had was where Nomi fits. And one of my arguments was that I wanted to include Nomi in the secondary allies. So we literally could have had somebody on all of our lists. We could have included something new. Wouldn't I also be an still ally, think- ally, not a secondary ally. What's that? Would she not been a normal ally, not a secondary ally? Well, that's what. Oh, did I say secondary ally? You said secondary I meant, ally. Yeah, yeah, I meant regular ally. Yeah. Okay. Uh, which I he think also meant Italy, not Greece. <laughs> the Acropolis. Uh, <laughs> is there an Acropolis in, in Hobart? I think there's a takeaway <laughs> store called there, Acropolis. There is in Snug. Yeah, it's a Snug Acropolis. <laughs> uh, snug <but> Acropolis. <laughs> it's like Snuffle Up against. <laughs> Very snuffle up against the Snug Acropolis. <laughs> oh, can we call the episode Snug Acropolis? <laughs> uh, this could be like our, our Doctor Strange love. <laughs> give me that Billy Magnuson smile, aka the Snug Acropolis. Give me the Snug-a-cropolis. give me the Billy Magnuson smile at the Snug Acropolis. <laughs> it's a long title, but we can do it's, it. It's like Primo Cyclops all over again. Yeah, being brackets, Snug Acropolis. <laughs> Can we get a t-shirt um, line called Snug Hashtag Snug Acropolis? 
<laughs> Let's do it. But um, one of okay, so I I do think think that Nomi's role. It, I understand Noah's argument. Uh, you know, we have we have Bond girls, we have secondary Bond girls. We don't have an all male category, and the Allies kind of is the the all male category. I get that, but I kind of feel like if we were to have taken Nomi and made this a male character, I think we instantly do put her in the allies, but I get why we include her in MI6 as well. It's agree. just so, it's so hard for me to rank her against these people. I think this was my biggest, biggest debate that I had is that if I'm ranking her as an ally, I rank her a lot higher, but when I'm trying to compare her to people like Tanner and Frederick Gray and Robinson, she's just, she's totally different. Uh, I will say you, you really undersell what she does in this movie, Ben, because I think she kills about, 150 people in that, that final genius? battle scene she also well this isn't about jake you said she does nothing she clearly does something other than drive a boat she also is the guy who <laughs> captures valdo but she's, she's also kind of crap you, yeah. she literally is okay there's a whole norway chase sequence she's meant to be there and chasing that- after billy magnuson and she basically gets to the point where she pulls up even bond literally says where have you been where was she she was right that's behind the, him she was that's the that's his smile that's the moment, though, where you needed her driving her nieces in the back seat, and we can tie this into a past movie because we yeah. forgive it <laughs> in Man with the Golden Gun. Uh, but, but you know, all jokes aside, I think that what she does in the climax of this movie is so good for an ally, but then what she does in the rest of the movie does fit more as MI6 crew because she's a supporting player. She is helping Bond. You you follow Ash, which again, I, I, I'm the one who brought up the other day. She she does not do a good job following Ash. She basically shows up at the last minute and says, you need to ride Bond. But everything that she does with, you talk about chemistry, she has chemistry with Daniel Craig. I love the flirtation that they have back and forth. I love, you know, uh, the, the, the motorcycle thing, you know, you need a ride and uh, is this the bedroom and all that. I mean, she, I, she's, she's, like a spy she's like a double i buy her as a double o um but really the problem for me is that it's it's her on this list it's just so hard to rank her against some of these other people when their roles are completely different if this were an ally list i'd probably have her higher but for mi6 i'm gonna put her at 12. i i just i don't see the argument she's literally a double o agent who works for mi6 and i think that if this was a male o double o seven i would be i also wouldn't put thing. it here because I everybody would. else on our list sits behind a desk or is a nurse or is... Well, Money Penny doesn't sit behind a desk until she fucking shoots someone. So technically, you know... <laughs> well, before... one, one scene, but... Robinson yeah, doesn't it's... sit behind a desk. No one puts Robinson behind a desk. <laughs> he, he's just Tanner. He's no different than Tanner. Hey, Black Tanner. Black Tanner. Black Bond. Bond. <laughs> Banner. <laughs> you say Banner? Bruce Banner. What are you doing? I said Blanner. Oh, Blanner. Oh, Banner. Yep. What are you doing? <laughs> Snug Acropolis. <laughs> Isn't that Bruce Banner? What are you doing? Um, can I can I mention one thing I forgot to mention the other day? You, you were mentioning more before Roger Moore. The, um, when I bought my $9 soda water to get a paper, no time did I sip me cup. Waste of money. But they, I love they renamed some of the combos at the cinema so you could buy the license to snack combo. The even more combo smelt like Roger Moore. The double agent combo or the no time to go hungry combo. $31 if you don't mind for a combo these days. Back when I was a boy. Does not let me buy you an ice cream combo? 
Oh, oh like, there's a problem, Village Cinemas. Where, where was the man talk combo? <laughs> That's why our Patreon, now available if you wish to support us, has great ones. You know, the, um, was it Daniel Craig, uh, whose chest hair is it? Pierce Brosnan's uh, chest hair? Or? Pierce Brosnan's chest hair, yeah. George Lazenby. Now we need Billy Magnuson's smile. <laughs> 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 the Acropolis. It's nice to know. It's nice to know that Roger Moore's legacy has not been forgotten, thanks to Village Cinemas, Tasmania. <laughs> uh, the even more combo. Uh, where was the Lazenby Deluxe combo? Or the <laughs> the this didn't happen to the other combo. <laughs> I I'd forgotten you combo. Do the carpets match the drapes combo? (laughs) (laughs) The thought I forgot you combo. Where was was the sweat your wrist combo? Where's the old buddy combo? Where's the this isn't a country club 007 combo? Where was the climax combo? (laughs) The dinner combo. (laughs) Um... Just on the the Nomi thing, I I see what Colin was saying. Like I see her as an ally, like, but she doesn't really fit in anything really. Like, mm-hmm. doesn't really fit in the allies. Doesn't really fit in the Bond girls. Doesn't really fit in the MI6. I almost could have put her in the Bond girls. Like, I don't see Madeline as the Bond girl in this film. I mean, he doesn't sleep mm-hmm. with Nomi, but he didn't sleep with Camille either. So, yeah. um. I almost think of her as the Bond girl, even. Um, so I get that she's a bit messy in the MI6, but at the same time, she literally works for MI6. She's a double O agent. Like, if we had Bill Fairbanks uh, from what was a Man in the Golden Gun or Octopussy or whatever, like he would have gone in the the. Doesn't we have be Smallbone and Molly but doesn't Walker. Mathis work for MI6? No, I mean he's like the. Like so does VJ technically, and yeah. all these other characters, and uh, Karen Bates, but they they don't really work for MI6. They're but like she's the, a double O. She's the only double O we have in a movie. Well, that, then like, Sean Bean should be in our MI6. But he's a double O for five minutes, and then he's a villain. She's a double O the entire movie length, and she's working alongside as a double. Bond isn't a double O in this movie until like halfway <laughs> through. Daniel Craig has barely been a double O in his movie. Bond's a murderer in this not, movie. He's not. A, doesn't not have a license anything. to kill. Like we're not changing anything now. But actually, I, Noah, I mean, if we had, if we had had this discussion before, I probably would have been on board of putting Nomi on the Bond girls list because she does fit better there. It's 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 a I really good argument. I would not agree with that in the slightest. Of course oh, yeah, you wouldn't because you just hate Nomi. <laughs> but it's not it's nothing to do with hating Nomi. She does not fit the criteria of a Bond girl in the slightest. Yeah, 100%. She's, you just story. said she's not. If Jinx is a Bond girl, why is why is Nomi not? Because straight away he fucks Jinx and then he ends up yeah, with Camille, Jinx at the end. Camille. Like that's the epitome of Camille, a Bond girl. Camille, Camille, Camille. But he ends the movie with Camille, the epitome of a Bond girl. He doesn't end the, like he just tells Nomi to well, fuck he doesn't off. End this movie with anyone. Well, exactly. he ends up in a grave. Just do good stuff, really. Grace. <laughs> <laughs> good stuff, Grace is right. He's Contains Bond. Never mind. Anyways. <laughs> I mean, the closest person he gets to banging in this movie is Doodoo. <laughs> <laughs> He's there Judy with Dench Doodoo. Judy does Doodoo. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, where, when are we going to rank Doodoo? Well. Secondary I mean, allies? We already ranked Moonraker. <laughs> oh. 
We already mwah, ranked mwah. Jinx. Mwah, <laughs> mwah. <laughs> mwah, mwah. Oh, oh. Wow. Uh, on the like the ones that we have previously ranked, I'm going to make it easy, and I'm not changing anything for the four oh, or five that we. God, that makes it easy ranked. for me to type things. Uh, but I, I want to say a few comments that Ben Wishaw went up for me, but didn't go up for me. So not enough to move him in the rankings, but I agree that this was his best film. Uh, I, I still love that Bond was staying with Q. I think that's hilarious. I think I want to see that movie so badly. Um, the Bond third wheel with Q's date. Um, yeah. He was so good at the end in the last scenes when Bond's dying. He was so good. But to me, still hashtag not my cue, but not even because of Desmond, just hashtag not my cue because he doesn't fit the role of Q to me. And Q doesn't have to be an old grumpy man. It could be an old grumpy woman. It could be... (laughs) Uh, But... It's just, I again, the jock sort of nerd thing. I just don't get chemistry between Craig and Q, Ben Wishaw, but he did go up for me. I see what you guys are saying. I liked him a lot more in this film than the other ones. Um, and it's weird because I'm anti-Ben Wishaw Q, but I almost want him to continue because I just want all of them to continue. So I'm fine with Ben Wishaw. He's just hashtag not my Q. Uh, That's the name of Penny- Noah's autobiography. I'm fine with Ben Wishaw. uh money penny yeah we got but it's funny because you guys are saying she didn't have anything to do to me that's perfect money penny this was the level of money even in this film she did more than lois ever did um but i agree we we were missing the the scene of bond and money penny but you guys are saying well she didn't have much to do good have money penny in four scenes. I'm fine with that. Like, Texas, set the no, don't do anything, money penny. <laughs> this is like me saying I want my 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 uh, uh, would Magda to be silent. It's like I want money penny to do less. Get behind that. Sit dish. down. Sit down. Shut up and don't get in the way, money penny. Yeah. Sit down. Stop shooting Bond. Get down. Move your ass, oh, low. I, I, <laughs> I just wish we had. Craig coming in like throwing a hat. We, we've never seen Craig in a hat. <laughs> True. Do you ever see Brosnan in a hat? We didn't see Brosnan like Milady with tips, tips fedora. Dalton uh, wore a hat in the wedding scene, didn't he? Yeah, Dalton had a hat. Yeah. Sure, Moore's had a hat at some point. Uh, yeah, he wore a hat, hat at um, View to a Kill, wasn't he? When he was out at the races, wasn't he wearing a yeah, hat? Yeah, I think he had a hat. Uh, we need Craig in a hat. Um, I'm going to Google that. Let's see Daniel Craig in a hat. <laughs> <laughs> Your new background. Uh, but speaking of uh, doing less, uh, when we're talking about Money Penny, loved M a lot in this film, but because he did less. I don't want M fighting C. I don't want him shooting people. I want him behind the desk like Money Penny. Do nothing, um, M. But M was so good. Like, Ray Fiennes is getting old, and that works for the character. Like, he was showing his age, and that's perfect for this. I was getting shades of Bernard Lee mixed with shades of Judy Dench in here and a little portrait of Robert Brown. Like, he was so good. The chemistry was off the charts with him and Craig. And dare I say, I think Craig and Dench are amazing, but dare I say Craig and <laughs> Ray Fiennes are, are fantastic. We got Daniel Craig in the He's house, got his beats like there, a- too. <laughs> But it's like a cool guy, Daniel Craig hat. It's not like a milady hat. 
Um, but yeah, I loved Ray Fire. I'll be so upset if he doesn't continue on at the bare minimum and bring him back. But at the same time, he doesn't move up. He was already fifth for me. Tanner, eh, Tanner. He wears a hat in Cowboys and Aliens. Sorry. No, I'm just seeing a screenshot there. <laughs> Let the man rank. <laughs> Ew. Yeah, can't. <laughs> can't put Tanner down, can't put him up. Uh, which then leaves me just with uh, Nomi. Uh, ben, you're a bloody idiot. Um, Thank you. Jinx, it's funny because me and Colin talked about how she's a better Jinx in the recap before you'd even seen the movie. Uh, so it, it's not just you like being contrary. Like We literally brought this up long before. Um, Mary Mary, quite contrary? I don't know. Maybe it's recency bias. Maybe I'm breakfast just happy. Time. Oh, yeah, here's Colin. Where's, where's our breakfast? Jamie, don't do anything. Get behind a desk. Oh, look at that smirk. Get in. <laughs> do, 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 do. I'm Colin. This is, this is literally just Cheerios this time, so I'm just trying oh, not to chew on. Oh, boo-hoo. My beloved <laughs> wife brought me a bowl of cereal. <laughs> what a Cheerios. Just, oh. Jamie's just gone down four spots in the rankings today. <laughs> Judy Dench does things featuring Jamie Hilding. Meanwhile, me and Ben would be desperate for anyone to bring us Cheerios. Yeah, uh, I'd be down for that. No, would you like me to bring you some Cheerios? Cheerios and I, that would bring a tear to my eye. <laughs> Meanwhile, we've just got this smug smirk from Colin. <laughs> do, 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 I'm eating my Cheerios. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make him choke on those Cheerios. Make him laugh, Noah. Make him I'm laugh. Not gonna eat, I'm, I'm not going to eat on the episode die, anymore. I'm going to be choking and dying. What funny die, picture can I put? Maybe I'll put some porn die. behind me. <laughs> no porn. Cheerios. This is not uh, consensual. Okay, let me talk about Nomi. Let me talk about Nomi. Um, I I don't get what you're saying, Ben. I thought you would have loved Nomi. Um. The the scene uh, on the bike, I I told you Ben off air. I love that. I have a thing for old wrecks. Like that's such a great line that I feel like we didn't even mention that. And then Craig's like, "Well, you'll see plenty of old wrecks around here." Like that's such a, a Connery sort of line. Uh, she does the action better than Jinx does. Jinx was going wow 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 and doing cringy shit the whole time. She's basically Waylin like. She's Waylin without Bond getting with her at the end. Uh, I think that maybe it's just that I was happy that it wasn't Bond goes woke. Maybe that puts her up for me, but her chemistry with Craig was off the charts. The way they were playing off back, back and forth with each other and what, what number, what number. And then it's so touching at the end when she gets in the car and you feel the severity of the situation and she's thinking, oh, like this guy means business at the moment. And then she, she requests that Bond gets 007 back, which is a great little scene. And then her kicking ass with Craig at the end on the base is great. It's total way Lin. It's way better than Jinx. So yeah, maybe we were expecting a bit more, but she's got so much in this movie for so little screen time that every, none, none of it is wasted when she's in the movie. Um, I love the way that it plays with the 007 thing. And I love her in Bond's house. And she looks really hot in the week. Uh, yeah. No, shame. Yeah. thank you for bringing that up, Ben. Uh, comment made off air. Um, Still hot without the wig, just better with. Yeah, sure, sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Correct answer. 
I, I, I love her with the, the Jamaican accent and everything. And I just think she has so much charisma and so much chemistry. I, I, I'm baffled. I shouldn't be baffled by your opinions, but this one I'm baffled by, Ben. I thought you would have really liked Nomi. Uh, no. Especially if she's an upgraded yeah. jinx. She's um, not an upgraded jinx. She's a downgraded jinx. That's uh, the problem. Yeah. 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 Uh, where <laughs> you said that, and me and Ben, uh, me and Colin both lost our Billy Magnuson smiles there when you said that. Uh, so I'm gonna, I agree with Colin, it's a bit hard to rank her amongst all these other people, but I still stand by that she's a, a staff member of MI6. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I'm putting Nomi at seven. Oh, wow. I really yeah, like her it. character. It wasn't Bond Goes Woke, and it's not Nomi in Bond 26. She she just fit the role perfectly. Oh, and Robinson, what's wrong with you? I had her above yeah, Robinson, too. Oh, you're both dickheads. I mean, Robinson's fine. I like Robinson. Just, just out of curiosity, if, if you both looked at your list, if we were to have had her as a Bond girl, where do you think you would have put her? Uh, uh, give me a second and I'll look at that. I thought you were about to bring up the allies again. I'm like, let it go, Colin. <laughs> no, actually, I like the idea of the Bond girl more, but uh, I like I, the Bond girl. I'd rather an ally still, than a Bond girl. No way. For me, she's probably still around the same spot, like a, a number 12 <laughs> ranking, not necessarily top Good 10. Question. But uh, um, if I looked just quickly, uh, yeah, maybe okay. around 10th, maybe around Madeline's spot. Mm hmm. Um, I mean, yeah, around where Kara, Kara's at 11. I'd probably put her around Kara, 11, maybe 10, 11. Honestly, if she's a Bond girl, she's like, it, that, that makes her worse for me because she's so not a Bond girl. Like, I just, not even close. I would put her below Camille. I would honestly put her below Camille. She would be... I to trigger us, don't you? She would be around second or third last as a Bond girl because she's not a Bond girl in the slightest in my eyes. You no. get off on triggering us. I get off on a lot of things, <laughs> Noah. I do. All right. Oh, I do do. Um are we are we are we done? Am I meant to give you this rating now of where Yeah, what's a rating? Or all of them, I guess. So M Ray Fines Um Why do I not have the original ones here? Okay, so Ray Fines fifth. I feel he's gone up. Uh Nomi is twelfth. Q Ben Wishaw is eleventh. Ah, oh, Robinson still beats him. And Money Penny eighth and Tanner ninth. So uh fair. Yeah. Pretty fair. Okay. Cool. Uh so that's it. That's uh that's all our rankings. That's all the ones we need to do. Do do. Um any last thoughts, Colin, Noah, do do. No. Billy Magnuson smile. <laughs> what a <podcast>. smile. Um, <laughs> uh, awesome. Yeah, what a smile. So uh, I believe our next episode will be our Felix Leiter rankings, which are uh, genuine Felix. I think we already know the episode title, a genuine ranking to Felix Leiter. Like, I mean, does that not sell itself? <laughs> um, which it's a long time coming. I think this is one that Noah's been frothing at the bits for to do a long time. And... Um, Really should have been one we've done along. There's only seven people on this list. I mean, the shortest one we ever did was Bonds at six. 
Uh, although I'm sad we're not doing uh, what's his face Casey from No Time to uh, No Time to Die. Never say yeah. never again because he'd be high. I like him. It's the best thing about that movie probably. Um, but um, I'm looking forward. I actually I've, I've already ranked them. I found it interesting and famous last words. I think it will be a pretty average list. I don't I don't think I really have any controversial opinions on my list. So uh. you know, sex, 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 Linda for number two. Um, <laughs> but that is coming soon. In the meantime, uh, all the great little things you can do if you missed our No Time to Die coverage. We've got about 48,000 episodes you missed. Um, and keep listening to us because we're pretty good. This one doesn't get nominated for awards and make the New York Times best list, but hey, it should because been that off the podium crap what a shit show that is overrated um my name is ben and i'm gonna go hang out at the snug acropolis and my name is colin and give me that lashano lynch wig and uh, my name is lauren give me that billy magnuson smile light up your face with gladness hide every trace of sadness Maybe ever so near That's the time you must keep on trying Smile, what's the use of crying? You'll find that life is still worthwhile If you